Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Spill the Baby Tea, a podcast where we can only talk about all things motherhood and parenthood. My name is Helen Wu Wang, I'm a mom to a 22-month-old baby boy, and I'm here to create a space where we can all share, connect, and feel a little less alone. Today's episode is one where I feel a bit nervous to record because I am by no means an expert on this subject. I'm aware that I am able to record this episode from the comforts of my own home in a peaceful surrounding, and I recognize that many are not afforded this luxury. What is happening right now in the Middle East absolutely shatters my heart into a million pieces, and I'm sure I'm not the only one who feels unsure how to glue it all back together. I know my baby boy, who is not even two years old yet, can't comprehend what is going on in the world, and I won't try and explain to him just yet. But I've been reading up a lot about the conflict itself, and also, since I'm a parent now, I've been curious about how to have these difficult conversations with my son one day. Because I think it is inevitable that at some point in his lifetime, he will have to process and face the harsher realities of the world. By learning how to educate him early on, I hope to create a world where he can feel safe to navigate his own emotions. To all the parents who are just trying to process and be a strong figure for our littles out there during these difficult times, I wanted to say that we are in this together, so let's get this episode started. As with every episode of Spill the Baby Tea, I am going to share my giggle and drool of the week. My drool of the week is, I mean, it's related to this episode topic. The war happening in the Middle East has been going on for 75 years now, and there's been a lot of heightened moments throughout history, but I'll admit that this is the first time I'm really trying to understand and to care. And I know there's a lot of you out there in the same boat as me. I also know that this war is complicated and so nuanced that anything I say feels like a drop in the ocean. Who cares what I have to say? And is what I have to say even on the right side of history? There's a lot of people out there shunning those who are saying something and also shunning those who aren't saying anything. It feels like a lose-lose situation, but I feel like you have to follow what you feel is right. If you are inclined to say something, to march, to protest, don't let others silence you into submission. In this snapshot of time, there is a clear humanitarian crisis unfolding before our eyes. There's a lot of trauma, a lot of pain, a lot of anger from both the Israeli and Palestinian communities, and rightfully so. Hamas's attack on Israel on October 7th killed over 1,400 innocent people. And with where the war is taking place, which is in Gaza right now, over 8,000 have been killed, with almost half of those being minors and children. 
And still, a lot of innocent Palestinians are being forced to relocate, killed in designated places of refuge, and denied access to humanitarian aid. These people deserve to live and to live in peace. I'm sad because I don't know what happens at this point. There doesn't seem to be any viable solution. Plainly and simply, innocent lives must be protected. But we can't seem to agree even to that. And that's my drool of the week. My giggle of the week is that my baby boy has been singing. He more recently started singing some of the songs that we play over and over again. And even though he misses a word or an entire phrase here or there, it's nothing more than you or I as full-grown humans who attend a Taylor Swift concert when we don't know the lyrics and we just mouth and mumble whatever it is that we're thinking about. You all know what I'm talking about, and you hope that no one's staring at your mouth, but for sure, the person next to you hears you and is just not saying anything. In any case, he is very clearly not knowing some of the lyrics, and I decided to share with you all a clip of his singing. This is a video, but obviously this is a podcast, so here's the audio. This is the Fire Truck song by Blippi. This is Shoe Fly, Don't Bother Me. You think Shoe Fly? Shoe Fly. Shoe Fly, Bummy. Shoe Fly, Bummy. Shoe Fly, Bummy. I Shoe Fly. And the ABCs without the E. I am seriously loving this age with him. 22 months. It just might be one of my favorites of the baby eras. I recently read a caption from Mommy Diary on Instagram. Her name is Angela Kim. And I was very close to meeting her in person at a workout class, but DM'd her after I got home and was like, you look familiar, and now we are Instagram friends. But in any case, she made a post about the state of the world. And she said, and I quote, Once you become a mom, your heart softens and expands in a myriad of ways, and it becomes hard to look away from crying babies and kids, no matter where they live, end quote. And something about that statement rang so true for me. My explore page on Instagram that was once filled with all this wedding-related content and silly memes that I would be sending to my friends, it's now filled with war-torn images, carnage, a lot of sadness, but I find myself constantly scrolling, constantly clicking, constantly reading. And what Angela said in her caption rang so true for me. In the past, I would not allow myself to watch the type of brutality and violence that does happen in this world because why would I want to do that? Some call it atrocity porn or atrocity propaganda. It can be viewed as disrespectful to the body being shown or to the families who didn't approve of the content going public. And why would I want to fill my mental space with those types of scenes when I could unlock my phone screen, text a friend, and grab a cup of boba instead, right? Something in me has changed though. And I think it's the responsibility that you feel as a parent for the world you're bringing your child into, because you are no longer fending for yourself, but now for someone who depends on you. It feels like a much deeper sort of empathy that has carved its way deeper into your heart, through your heart, to the pit of your stomach, and it's a feeling that sits there at the bottom, just completely unsettled. Something has caused me to look 
to watch because my privilege before would allow me to take my eyes away from what's happening on the other side of the world. But my heart now as a mom does not allow for it. If there is a baby or a child out there that is hurting, I feel responsible. And I wish I could pull all of these innocent kids and families away from the violence that they're all enduring and to protect them. It's a feeling that I think will never go away. As I mentioned, I've been searching the interwebs for how we can talk to our kids about what's going on in the world, about the scary news that takes place either daily or on a grander scale. And these tips that I will share, they are adapted from two Greater Good articles by Abigail Gerwitz, a professor of psychology at Arizona State University, and Shauna Tomney, a professor of human development and family sciences at Oregon State University. And I'm going to walk through six different tips. First things first, it is important to tend to your own needs to check in with yourself, whether it's in the shower, on the toilet, whenever you have that quiet moment for yourself, check in with you and ask yourself, what type of stress am I feeling? Where do my emotions fall? How am I actually feeling? As we all know by now, when we try to help others, but we are ourselves coming from an emotionally drained space, it's really difficult to genuinely offer our shoulders to cry on. So as we search for words to help our own children make sense of the violence and inhumanity that the world is facing, we need to first acknowledge our own hearts. And I know this is easier said than done because I admit that I'm not even doing this myself yet. I find myself kind of lashing out in ways that are not that kind to the people that I love. And so I say this as a reminder to myself to connect with your community of friends and loved ones. Community is healing but also allow yourself the time that you need to process before reaching out to a friend if that's just how you operate best. I usually process with my husband, but right now he's in Taiwan. He's been there for 10 days searching for tea leaves for his cafe. So I am feeling the aftermath of what it feels like to not process with a friend or a loved one. And I'll just say that it is not the best place to be. So this is a good tip to start with. Check in with yourself, ask yourself how you're doing, and reach out to a friend or a loved one. Two, it's important for us as adults and as parents to seek to understand more deeply than what the news headlines are saying, what the late night talk shows, one minute segments are sharing. In order to feel comfortable talking about anything that leans a bit more controversial or has competing agendas, you gotta do the research and educate yourself. In particular, with what's happening in Gaza and Israel right now, I've found that it's important for myself to understand the historical context and the different perspectives involved. And by no means does that mean you need to become an expert on the topic. Perhaps for your barometer for how familiar you want to get with the situation at hand, get to the point where you can have a reasonable conversation with a friend about it. This is so that when you do talk to your kids about the situation, obviously in a way that is age appropriate and developmentally appropriate for your child, tailoring your conversation to your child's age and maturity, This level of knowledge will help you to provide them with accurate information. And again, in a comfortable, non-stumbly way for you. So number two is to do your own research. Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. 
Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Number three, when sitting your child down, invite your child to first talk to you about what they've heard and how they feel about the conflict. Be prepared to respond with an empathetic heart, helping to also clear up any misconceptions that they might have heard, and make sure to allow space to listen. Listen attentively, be curious, and let them share in what feels for them like a safe space that you've created for them. And during this time, you can share with them that they are also very young. It's a lot for them to process and they don't need to process it by themselves. Reassure them that you as a parent or a caregiver, you are there to support them emotionally. I can see that if this had been an approach in my youth, I would have been so much more open to sharing with my parents. And I do hope to change that for the next generation. Number four, if your child is of age, And I think this would have been incredibly important for my own development as a child maturing into young adulthood. Help them to understand how to look for reliable news sources, how to corroborate with news that represents a more holistic perspective, and teach them that not everything they hear or see on TV or trending on social media is the truth. These clips that are circulating, especially around social media, these could be clips from years ago, or the visuals of what they're seeing portrayed may be accurate, but the context provided could totally skew someone's view of those visuals in a completely different way. Show them how to be aware of the misinformation by emphasizing that not all people on either side of the conflict hold the same views, and teach them that it's okay to be critical consumers of the news. Basically, don't trust everything you see, and I think that's a good early lesson for young adults to understand. I think it's also essential for us as parents to avoid generalizations or stereotypes and to present information as objectively as possible. Through these conversations, we are encouraging our children to think critically and form their own opinions when they are so ready to do so. Number five, prioritize humanity. When you teach your kids to see their friends, their classmates, and their community as unique individuals who are special in their own identities and with their own diverse cultural backgrounds and traditions, we teach our children to love beyond skin color, race, religion. I think that teaching our kids that all humans have inherent worth, no matter how the media has or does portray them, it's important to helping our kids become global citizens with a heart for humanity and to be less swayed by all the media and propaganda out there. So prioritize humanity. And lastly, number six, what is happening right now in Gaza and in Israel feels unprocessable inprocessable? I don't even know what the right word is. It's not processable. How can something like this be happening out there in the same timeline as when we're alive with most of us living in peace with distance, creating a sense of security for us? How are we supposed to sit idle? It is 
gut-wrenching to not be able to do something. And just as we feel this way, our children can feel this way too. This is where we can encourage and actually go through the steps of sitting down with our kids to either call your senators or email your representatives and actually donate to a humanitarian organization. And if you do any of these with your child, you show them that they are making a small yet direct impact and you show them how they can do it in the future by themselves. And it shows that you're there and supporting them to do it too. In case this is helpful to anyone out there, some organizations that I personally donated to are Save the Children. This organization says it's standing by to protect and assist children in both Gaza and Israel. It's working with the UN in hopes of renegotiating humanitarian corridors and has been aiding Palestinian children impacted by the conflict since 1953. UNICEF is another one, which is short for the United Nations Children's Fund. This organization was established by the UN after World War II and works to improve the lives of children in more than 190 countries and territories. And this organization actually has staff delivering support to Gaza, which I know has been of heightened concern with some of these orgs, whether or not they're actually using these funds accordingly. But both of these charities have a charity navigator rating of 97% and 92% respectively. There are several other credible charities that you can donate to as well, but make sure you do some research and know where your funds are going and making sure that it's getting into the right hands. And for older children who feel passionately and want to participate in some other way, other than becoming educated and donating, you as a parent can also show up with them to marches, local marches, to show solidarity. As I am researching these points and summarizing them for this podcast, I can't help but feel like I'm talking to myself here. There's something about this conflict, whether it's the lack of tangibleness for us here in the States or the contradiction of seeing friends and family go about their day-to-day as if nothing is happening, yet our phone screens are showing us otherwise. It all contributes to this feeling of helplessness, emptiness, sort of like this out-of-body, what-is-reality kind of experience. I think all of this just kind of actually makes me feel like a child that needs to be on the receiving end of these tips that were just shared in this episode as well. And I guess what I'm trying to say, and I apologize if this has been a mumble jumble of thoughts, but I'm trying to process as I talk through this, is that the news is heavy and difficult to work through. And while violence and trauma are realities of our world, I recorded this episode as a reminder that it's important that we take care of ourselves and that we take care of ourselves so that we can show up for our kids to provide them with a nurturing and loving space so that they can process on a more global scale and become global citizens of the world that will help to suppress evil like this in their futures. And I know that's hopeful thinking. I know it is. But these types of conversations that we initiate with our kids, this is the start. I know a lot of you tuning into this episode may be new parents, and many of us are, again, not experts in the space of how to talk to our kids through difficult times, but we are all just trying to figure it out day by day. And I just want you to know that you are not alone, that these conversations are so hard, so hard, but I hope this episode provides you with some comfort in knowing that we're all in this together. Thank you everyone for tuning into this week's episode. It has been a heavy few weeks and I hope you are all taking good care of yourselves. As I raise my own little human in this corner of the world, I will continue to wish for peace to all the innocent children and families out there who deserve to live and to dream. 
You can hear more from us every Thursday on the main podcast show. And every Tuesday, we have rotating shows between this one, Spill the Baby Tea, Janet's Living Well Jay, and Mel's No Dumb Questions with Mel. Sending my love to all of you out there. For me and my little bub. <laughs> Bye for now. <laughs> <laughs>